This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating an undefeated week for both lacrosse teams. The baseball team is finally back in action and on the winning track. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's lacrosse team edged Williams on Saturday at Garcelon Field in overtime by a score of 8-7. to The end of the game was thrilling to say the least. The Eves scored four goals in a row to take a 7-6 lead. They had the ball with less than a minute to go in regulation. But with the clock ticking down, Bates forced a turnover. First year, Liv Stanford knocked the ball loose and picked up the ground ball with less than 10 seconds to go. She connected with fellow first-year Avery McMullen, who scored the game-tying goal with only four seconds left on the clock. Yeah, so we had a turnover around the 30-yard line. Um, I think it was Liv Sanford with the turnover, so she had the ball. Uh, my defender left me. She passed it to me. I was around, like, the 15. I t- caught the ball. I could think it was, like, catch the ball, catch the ball. So I caught the ball, turned, goalie was out, and I just shot it towards the goal. I don't really know much more. Did, did you take a glance at the scoreboard to see how much time was left? No, no, not at all. I had no idea. Yeah. And then did you look up afterwards to see how much time? Yeah, was? yeah. What did your teammates say to you after you scored? It's. I just don't really remember, honestly. Um, it was so thrilling, but they were just like congratulating, and then we had to get ready for overtime with the team. In overtime, neither team scored for the first three minutes. Then Bates caused a turnover on the draw control. And junior Allison Dewey picked up the ground ball. She raced unimpeded toward the goal, going top shelf for the game winner. It was honestly nerve-wracking. It was right off the draw. The girl grabbed it who was actually on me, and I was really frustrated that she had the ball. And all of us triple teamed, I believe, and she just got really flustered, dropped the ball. I saw it on the ground, and honestly, it was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Picked it up, and just there was an open lane to goal. So I just took it and shot, and it went in, and it was the best feeling ever. <laughs> right. And she looked like she was running the wrong way or looked the right way for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think she got a little nervous by the pressure, but at least she dropped the ball and we got the ball and scored. And that's all we want to see, honestly. <laughs> How amazing was it to see Avery there with like four seconds left in the entire game score the equalizer? I honestly had a heart attack. I saw Olivia Sanford get the ball. She checked the ball out of another girl's stick, passed it to Avery. Avery was wide open. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to score. And there was three seconds left. And I honestly dropped my stick. If you look at the film, I dropped my stick and had like screamed and just was so excited and ran right to her. It was the best feeling. Head coach Brett Allen breaks down the team's first NESCAC victory of the season. Thriller here at Garcelon Field. You know, there's only seconds left in the game, and a first year, Avery McMullen's able to get the equalizer. What do you see from the sidelines? Well, it looked like, obviously, we were putting a ton of pressure on them. Uh, they had a bobble. We found uh, one of our other first years, Liv Sanders, was able to scoop up the ground ball, got her head up, and saw Avery, um, who had been sort of dropping to play if the ball reversed the field and uh their goalie was the only thing in between avery and and an open net and once the goalie made the decision to come play or on the catch it was wide open so it was just a matter of burying it which she did yeah allison dewey mentioned that once she saw avery get the ball she's like oh my gosh you're gonna score did you have the same thought <laughs> i did um i looked up as soon as i saw Liv was making the pass just to see what the scenario looked like and uh as long as she caught the ball, I was feeling pretty confident, and she did, so that was good. I know this team's had some close overtime games this year. How, how great is it to 
pull out this victory and then uh, overtime, you know, doing uh, that steal there about midfield and taking it all the way there. Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of coaches would call close games character builders. Um, I guess I agree with that in some respects, but they're also um, heart attack makers too, whether you're a player or a coach. Um, you know, we've grown from the experiences we've had. We've played a lot of close games. Um, you know, this is our third overtime game. It's our third one-goal game. We've had another two-goal game. And, you know, I think the kids are starting to realize, like, you just have to play it for an entire game. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Whether you're up, whether you're down, you got to play the whole time. And, uh, you know, after we had turned the ball over with about 30 seconds to go, I think everybody was dropping their head. And, you know, we caught a break when their kid bobbled it and was able to capitalize there with a few seconds to go. First NESCAC win of the season. You've played some of the tougher NESCAC teams so far, the likes of Trinity and whatnot. And so um, it must feel really good to see this victory and then a, a, your vision going forward, kind of, right? Well, I think whenever you get the first win of the season yeah. in conference, it is sort of one of those things where you feel like the monkey's off your back. So I am really optimistic that we can use it as a springboard and it gives us some confidence going into our non-conference game Tuesday and then uh, we're on the road at Hamilton next weekend. So... Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's one of those things that is helpful for us because we know we can do it now and we picked up the W in a conference game. Um, but everybody's good. Like, our schedule doesn't get any easier. It's just the nature of the beast, yeah. if you will. Allison Dewey's two goals, one assist, two ground balls, and one cause turnover in the victory makes her our female Bobcat of the week. That was your third overtime game this year. I know we talked about it briefly on the field after the game, but what's it been like to have all these close contests this season? It's definitely nerve-wracking being on the field and constantly having it be a tie game, then these overtimes, and it's definitely making our hearts beat faster, and it's obviously nerve-wracking, but um, it's really great to come out with the win finally because we've had some losses in the overtimes. Um, so it's, I think we're getting so used to it that now we know how to play in the overtimes and how to get that winning goal. Um, so it was really exciting to have that W come out of it. And you had the winning goal, so take us through again that play. I know it's right off the draw control. I saw the girl next to me had won the draw, and I was obviously kind of bummed about that one, so I tried to get the ball back as quick as possible, and she bobbled the ball as we were putting pressure on her. There's two other players on her with me. Um, bobbled the ball. It bounced on the ground, and I just saw it, picked it up, and ran right to goal um, and had an open lane to goal. No one was there, so I just shot it on the upper left-hand corner and went in. <laughs> Is it all kind of a blur in your head as you after you secure the ball and you're going, or are you, are you thinking score, score, score the whole time? Honestly, I saw Avery McMullen like down in the um, right near the net, but she had a defender on hers. But I was honestly thinking, like I was like, I could pass it to her, and I was just seeing if the defender moved at all, and she wasn't moving. So I was like, I guess I'm just going. So I just kept running right to goal, and uh, one thing led to another, and I shot it right in. <laughs> Absolutely, and then I mean, you witnessed Avery tie the game there at regulation. I mean, there's under 10 seconds left, and Williams has the ball, right? So what's going through your head at that point? Well, it was honestly crazy because it, it was just I. Personally, I know it's sad to say, but I thought that the game was over. I was like, there's no way to get it back. But as soon as we saw, um, or I saw two of our teammates double teaming girl with the ball. She seemed like she was getting frazzled. And um, as soon as the ball got checked over stick, I got so excited because um, Olivia Sanford had the ball and passed it over to Avery. And I was watching Avery with the ball and the goalie stepped out and I was like, she's got to score. And as soon as she did, I... I honestly had a heart attack. <laughs> it was the best feeling ever, and we all sprinted to her and cheered her on because that was probably the best feeling she'll ever have as a freshman, especially in having that um, 
tie and goal, like, that probably was what saved us. She should be, like, the Bobcat of the week, honestly. <laughs> well, she she got, saved us. She will be on the podcast, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but women's lacrosse, I know the rules are different from men's lacrosse. Um, it's harder to force turnovers, isn't it? And don't you wish sometimes you could just hit the other person? <laughs> uh, definitely. It's frustrating because um, I love getting caused turnovers, and it's yeah. frustrating that they call a lot of the checks that we do because um, they always say it's inner sphere or something like that. But they're getting a little looser with it these days. But, yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like, I just want to, like, get the ball out of this girl's stick because there's not much else you can do besides just, like, wait for the perfect check or hope, like, hope that she bobbles the ball at some point. But, yeah, it's quite frustrating sometimes. Yeah, and then now you're a junior, but take us back when you're looking for colleges. I know you're from Vermont, right? So what was going through your mind when you were looking for colleges and what made you settle on Bates? Um, I knew that I wanted to go NESCAC um, due to lacrosse, and I honestly didn't know that I was going to play lacrosse until my senior year of college. So I was mostly just looking at NESCACs um, for just not including sports of any sorts. But then I actually heard from um, Brett Allen, the coach, because he saw me at um, a recruiting camp um, at Elite 180, and he reached out to me and said he was interested in me, and I honestly didn't know about Bates. I knew about a lot of the other NESCACs, but had never looked at Bates and wasn't considering it at the time. And I came up here this summer uh, before my senior year, and I honestly fell in love with the school and the coach, and then I spent an overnight, and I fell in love with the team because they were just so charismatic and so kind and loving, and I like saw that from day one. Um, but honestly, I was looking between Bates and Middlebury, um, and Bates just kind of took me away with the team, especially um, in lacrosse, because I really want to play that. So. And then your last last year, your sophomore season, the team has a breakthrough year, makes the NCAA tournament for the first time in, in quite some time. And so, I mean, I know you had 10 seniors graduate, but what was last year like from your perspective, just as a sophomore, having that breakthrough season? It was great, honestly, looking at all the seniors and watching them form the team that they had formed last year because there's 10 of them, as you just said, so they were a strong force. Um, and although we had them the year before, we honestly just connected as like a team outside of lacrosse as well. We just were all best friends, so I think that that also was seen on the field last year. Um, and it was just the best feeling ever having that success with these people that you considered your best friends. Um, so it was definitely sad seeing them go, but it was amazing to at least have that experience as a sophomore and know what it feels like so that we can continue that this year and the next year as well. <laughs> well, I saw a lot of them were back for that game to watch you against Williams, right? Yeah, there was all 10 of them came back, yeah, which all, was all awesome. Them, yeah. All of them. There was not one missing. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> to get the win there in front of them and then obviously with them having graduated. So this year, what's, is your role bigger this year? Is it different? or pretty much the same you think it's definitely is bigger this year um because of course we don't have as many seniors therefore the juniors definitely have to step up a little bit um but definitely being on the field and only having like three four other seniors with you and a couple other juniors and mostly sophomores and um freshmen on the field with you definitely do have to step up but I think that they also um share the leadership role as well and are stepping up as underclassmen too so it's kind of fun though <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and then obviously with this breakthrough win kind of you know first NESCAC win of the year do you think that's going to really hopefully you know cause kind of a domino effect going forward I definitely think that it's going to fuel the fire because now um underclassmen know what it feels like to win for those like the freshmen that yeah. don't know it um honestly the NES these NESCAC wins are big bigger than anything else bigger than the out of conference wins and it honestly feels so great to come out with a W and I think they're finally catching on to that and have this like fire and motivation to keep doing that especially this weekend um leading up to Hamilton all right well Allison Dewey our female Bobcat of the week thanks so much thank you so much
The men's lacrosse team is ranked sixth in the nation after an undefeated week that saw them improve their record to 7-0 on the season. The Bobcats defeated Keene State 15-9 on Tuesday and won at Williams by a count of 17-11 on Saturday. Senior captain Charlie Fay matched his career high with six goals against the Eves. Meanwhile, sophomore goalkeeper Mitchell Drake continues to have an outstanding season. He made a career-high 27 saves at Keene State with a career-best saves percentage of 75%. Drake is currently first in the NESCAC in saves and second in save percentage. He is our male Bobcat of the week, and he credits the playing time he got as a first year for this year's success. Yeah, no, it was a great experience. I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to play so early on in my career here at Bates. Uh, definitely wasn't expecting it coming in as a freshman, but, you know, I'm just really grateful. Peter Lasagna in our preseason interview said you had the right of first refusal for a goalkeeper. Obviously, there's a number of other guys who uh, um, could possibly play as well, but what's that like to have that competition within your own team almost? Oh, I think it's great. I think competition, uh, just even on your own team, it really fuels you and drives you to be better at the position and to be a better teammate. And uh, I, I love all the goalies on our team. And uh, I just love competing with them every day and competing with the rest of the team. It's great. All right, this past week, 2-0 week, beat Keene State, beat Williams, both road games. You had a great save percentage there against Keene State, really good game against Williams as well. What have you been working on in the cage to improve your game? Just individually, just focusing more on just saving the ball. Last year I felt like at times I was more worried about directing the defense and kind of just situating myself outside of the cage. But this year I'm just trying to focus on saving the ball more. Uh, I, I'm really lucky. I have a great defense in front of me with uh, basically four close defensemen that ha I have a lot of trust in. Uh, the entire defense I have a lot of trust in. So uh, it, it lets me be able to sit back a little bit, focus on saving the ball, and then as a unit we can uh, stop their offense. Yeah, because you got an All-American defenseman back there, Fred Albrecht, with you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Freddie has been great. He's, he's helped me along this whole journey. These first two years, he's been amazing. And then also having guys like Charlie Gravina, another senior back there on close defense, and then having Stephen Bull and uh, freshman's Frankie Spitz to uh, rotate in there. I think those four guys being able to rotate into the game at different parts of the time is crucial for our defense. I was watching the Williams game, and you had quite the outlet pass there to Burke Smith, I believe, that led to a goal. What developed on that play? Uh, well, San Fran won the faceoff clean. Uh, he brought it back down to our side of the field. Uh, safe play because there was a long pull on him. He tossed it back to me. Uh, I just saw Burke wide open in the, in the middle of the field, breaking away like he should. Just got the ball to him, uh, went down the field and scored. A little upset I didn't get the uh, assist yeah, there. Credit you. Yeah, I know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll take, I'll take the goal anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, but uh, it almost felt almost like a quarterback in that moment, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we do drills in practice sometimes yeah. where it's called quarterback drill where we do that exact same thing, so it's always fun. Yeah, so it's nice to see that translate to the yeah, game, right? Exactly, exactly. And then so now moving forward this year, you still got some, you know, heavyweights on the schedule, whether it be Bowden or Middlebury's off to a slow start, but they're a really good team. And, of course, Tuff's leading up. So what's been the focus on practice um, the past few days and whatnot? I think this year more than ever we're really focused on ourselves and how we're playing, and I think that's translated well into the game. Big roster. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team. How do you keep track of everyone? <laughs> no, I, oh, I love these guys. I know all of them. Yeah. I mean, this is the team chemistry is amazing. Uh, I think we have more depth than I've ever seen on a team that I've ever been a part of, uh, and I think Coach Lozani would agree with that. Tell, us, tell me about a little bit about your background. I mean, a sophomore, but when you're looking for schools a few years back, what attracted you here to base? 
Well, I'd actually never heard of Bates. I'm from Annapolis, Maryland. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I didn't never thought about going to school in Maine, but I was emailed by Coach Lasagna. He was the first person I'd ever talked to about Bates. And uh, after visiting the school, you know, meeting all the lacrosse guys, meeting people uh, who weren't involved in sports, meeting, you know, faculty and, and everyone here, it just felt like the right fit, and I, I really loved the campus. Had you ever been to Maine before? No, never, <laughs> never. So what was your first impression when you visited? I, I loved it. It's beautiful. I love the outdoors, so, like, hiking, anything is just great. I just love Maine. Do you know how Coach Lasagna discovered you to reach out like that? I'm not. I mean, it must have been a summer tournament yeah. or something of the sort, but I don't know exactly exactly what tournament. Were you looking to pl play in college, or was that yes. on your radar, though? No, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was looking at all the NESCAC schools. Mm -hmm. um, I just never really looked at Bates in depth until he contacted me. So it always helps to have that first coach show an interest, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that he was able to, you know, look for me, and I'm, now I'm in the position I'm in. It's great. You mentioned the team really focusing on, you know, yourselves and not getting too ahead of yourself, but there's got to be a little bit of a chip on your guys' shoulder from kind of the snub last year from the tournament, right? Because you guys went 11-4. and four. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely some animosity towards that, but this year – uh, we have a lot of returning guys who know what it feels like now to, uh, you know, not make the tournament when we think we really should have. Um, but, you know, this year we're coming back stronger than ever. And, uh, you know, our goals are to win a NESCAC championship and win a national championship. And uh, that, those are never going to change. Well, off to a good start. Undefeated so far in the season. Hamilton up next. Mitchell Drake, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The baseball team was back in action last week taking on Salem State in a doubleheader on Saturday. They dropped game one 4-1, but bounced back to win game two 3-0. Then on Sunday, the Bobcats defeated Endicott 10-4 to improve their record to 4-4 four four on the season. First-year catcher Jack Arend had a nice week, going four for six at the plate with two runs scored, two runs batted in, and three walks, raising his batting average to 333 on the young season. You guys had that California trip in February, played five games there, and then a month of no of nothing until this past weekend when you guys took on Salem State and Endicott. What was that month like? What were you guys working on during that month? Uh, the whole month, I mean, Coach didn't really want us to do too much. I mean, we had like hour, hour and a half long practices, so there wasn't anything too heavy. But we just came in, got our, got our work in, catchers would do our drills, get our BP in, pitchers throw bullpens whenever they needed to. But other than that, that's all we could do inside. But a month off, it just it, it really it can get frustrating. But you try to stay positive. Sure, and then came back, um, split, split doubleheader with Salem State, yep. and and then beat up on Indicott a little bit. And so, um, for you personally, uh, how did you see that month of practice apply to the first three games back? Um, I thought it went well. I mean, everyone was kind of a little, I, I wouldn't say nervous, but they were just kind of getting the getting the cobwebs off yeah. when we kind of got back onto the field. Um, but, no, I thought it went really well. Everyone kind of knew their role. Um, we're just trying to put the ball, the bat in the ball, get a couple hits, hit some hard ground balls, and then pitchers are just trying to attack the strike zone, make the hitters force off contact, stuff like that. Now, you're the catcher or one of the catchers on the team. Um, as a first year, though, that's a big leadership position. So what's that been like for you? It's been cool. It's, uh, it's definitely different. I mean, going from senior in high school, being the captain, having everyone kind of look up to you, it's a – being a freshman, everyone's like, "All right, let's go!" Like it's your time to. You need to command, can't command the pitchers. You gotta be on top of everything. But it's been great. I mean, Coach Martin has given me a ton of confidence. Coach Desler has been helping me with my swing. So everyone else is good. Co uh, the captains, Brent Fox, Ryan McCarthy, they've been awesome. Um, it's 
I, there's nothing bad to say about it. Sure. What's maybe even the bigger adjustment, hitting-wise or fielding-wise, you think, behind the plate? Um, for me, I would say hitting. Hmm. Um, in, in high school, you don't face too many kids that can command every single pitch, where here everyone can kind of command their off-speed a little bit better, where in high school you can just kind of wait for a fastball right. and hit that. <laughs> but, uh, that used to be my strategy. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, catching, I'm, I'm more natural as a catcher. Um, I think just leadership kind of comes naturally to me, and I just enjoy calling the games and being in every play. So there's no problem with that. And all the pitchers have really kind of seemed like they enjoy throwing to me, which is awesome. Um, but I would definitely say hitting just because it's a little faster. You kind of have to catch up to it a little bit, use your hands, and not try to do too much with the ball. Switch hitter, right? Yeah. When did that develop? Um, actually, when I was in Little League, I went to the left side of the plate, and a coach who was a dad, he said, oh, you're on the wrong side of the plate. So I was like, okay, didn't really think anything of it. Batted right-handed until middle school, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to try switch hitting. And then ever since then, I've just been switch hitting. And uh, is that an extra challenge, or do you give, gives you more of an advantage, you think? Um, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. Um, being right-handed and swinging left-handed, I definitely have some pull tendencies because I'm dominant right-handed. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it gives me a better view of the pitchers. When I'm up left-handed, I can definitely see the ball a lot better. And then when I, they throw a lefty, I can switch around, go go righty. And it just makes it easier to basically to play, basically, just because – if we got a lefty thrown and I'm only batting left-handed, it's hard to for Coach Martin to say, oh, okay, well, right. you're batting lefty on lefty. That's a tough matchup. So if I can go up righty against a lefty, it's it's just creating good matchups and everything will hopefully will work out. But, yeah, everything's been going well so far. It's kind of a lost art, isn't it? I would say so, yeah. I mean, you don't see too many guys doing it. It's definitely, it's definitely tough. I mean, I definitely work on my left-handed swing a lot more than my right-handed swing because I'm – more natural right-handed, and it just everything seems and feels more natural right-handed. But when I go up lefty, I I, I mean I, I take a ton of swings left-handed just to try and kind of produce as much as I can right-handed. And ever since I've been starting switch hitting in actual games, it's it's been it's been fun. It's been challenging. The first two years, they I didn't like them at all because I couldn't get hits. But I stuck with it and. Everything's been working out perfectly fine. And your first year, how did you decide on Bates? I know obviously Coach Leonard recruited you yeah. first, and then John took over. So what was that transition like even before you got here? Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of good conversations with Coach Leonard. He's a good guy. He's part of the reason I decided to come here because he was a catcher, and I'm a catcher. So I decided, oh, well, I mean, he's a catcher. I, I can work with a guy that was in minor league systems and stuff like that. But, I mean, he called me when he got the job offer from Middlebury, and we had a conversation, and – it is what it is. It's a better opportunity for him. Like that's his. It's a good spot for his family to go and stuff like that. But I mean, I didn't know Coach Martin coming in. Not a lot of us, like none of us, really knew who he was. Right. And But we were excited, kind of. Not we're not re like reevaluating what we're doing or just kind of like restarting what we're doing because we've had a good base of people that were here, like all the captains, juniors, and mm -hmm. seniors and stuff like that. But. Coach Martin has been really a good guy. Just to, he gives you confidence. He's likes to keep everything light. He's kind of a nut, but he's he's awesome. No, he's been awesome. Outstanding. Now you've got a veteran pitching staff to work with. That must be nice, right? Connor Speed, Connor Russell, yeah. Anthony Teleska. These guys have been there and done that. Yeah, they they've actually helped me a lot, um, especially calling games. Like in high school, like I said, you could just wait for a fastball, and I'm used to okay. Well, these kids can't hit fastballs. Now you got to just call fastballs. But now it's okay. You got to think a lot more work your change up, work your splitter, work 
curveball. You got to kind of mix in everything. But, I mean, like yesterday, Teleska threw. He did really well, and we just yeah. coached. Like, we tried to break out a couple pitches the first inning, and coaches said just stick with fastball changeup, and that's it really helped them that whole game. Excellent. So sometimes it's better to simplify as opposed to overthinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want to com- overcomplicate things too much because then that's when you just get in your head and you, you just get all unfocused, and it's not good. Well, if the weather cooperates, yeah. <laughs> NESCAC play should start this weekend against Colby. Um, <laughs> how excited are you to see some NESCAC competition? I'm pumped, actually. Um, actually, one of the schools I was recruited by was Tufts, and uh-huh. I t- obviously chose Bates over Tufts is why I'm here. But um, I'm I'm super pumped to get into playing against those guys. And Colby, I, I mean, I didn't even know about the CBB until uh-huh. I got here. Honestly, like I was like, what what's going on? <laughs> I didn't know it was that big of a deal, but right. it's awesome. No, I think it's cool that we get to jump right in. Colby has a great turf field that we can go over there and, and get some games in. But, I mean, weather, it's northeast. I'm from the northeast. It's yeah. You can't do anything about it. But it's as long as you just keep grinding and keep working at it and – then games will come. Weather will hopefully get better. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll see some games at Leahy Field eventually, right? Yeah, it's, it's been covered by snow, but it's, it's getting there. Today doesn't really help, but it's getting there. All <laughs> right, well, Jack, Aaron, uh, nice start for the baseball season so far. Looking forward to NESCAC play. Thanks so much. Thank you. The rowing teams made their spring debut at the Murphy Cup on Saturday. The men's varsity eight took sixth place out of 22 boats, and the women's varsity eight finished second in their heat to Division I Boston College qualifying for the petite final, in which they came in fifth, despite finishing with a third fastest time due to an interference ruling by the officials. The rowing teams are back in action this weekend, with the men taking on Boston College, the Harvard lightweight, and Trinity on Saturday. The women compete with Simmons, the MIT lightweight, and Smith on Saturday, and the Harvard lightweight on Sunday. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll tell you how the first NESCAC games of the season go for the baseball team. They are scheduled to take on Colby in Waterville on Thursday, and a doubleheader is scheduled against the Mules on Saturday. Softball is scheduled to open NESCAC play at Tufts, and the track and field teams begin their outdoor seasons at the University of Maine. Plus, both tennis and both lacrosse teams are in action, with the men's lacrosse team hosting Hamilton at 1 o'clock this Saturday at Garcelon Field. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates,